Uh, welcome to True Wisdom. Uh, this week, Andrew and I have a special two-parter. This is the second part of what we started in a previous week, and this is coming from 1 Kings 11. But before we get into that, I have our uh, weekly question. Uh, last time in part one, we covered how to get good definitions. When you're reading through the Bible, you may come across a word you don't quite understand or you wanted to get the history of it or the meaning of it, how you can get a good definition of that word. Uh, we pointed out Strong's Concordance, along with another, other concordance, are helpful for determining words, their usage, and their, their history, so to, uh, how to understand them. What exactly is a concordance? Oh, good, good question. So concordance is is basically um, in the in the 15th, 16th, and 17th centuries we saw folks go through the Bible and itemize each word, define that word from the context of the scripture, and put a definition for it. So all the ways that the word was used in the scripture and where those references are. So if you have a concordance, when you see the Lord God, you know all the places in the scripture that ter- that shows up, and you're able to enumerate all the possible meanings for the instances that you find in the in the scripture. Oh, and, and it took people it took people a few years to you know the folks that did that. James Strong, as an example, it took him quite a few years to get that full um, document put together. But it has enabled us to be able to better understand the scripture. Yes, yeah, it's an excellent resource um, for us to Mm -hmm. use on the daily, which leads to our theme verse. Our theme verse is about wisdom and resource. This particular resource is really about increasing our wisdom. So what Mm -hmm. is our theme verse? Proverbs 9, 9 and 10. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9, 9 and 10. Excellent. Um, I believe it is your turn to pray first. Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the privilege of Bible study, and we thank you for the access through prayer. We invite your presence to be with us. Give us wisdom and understanding. Help us keep this technology under control. And may those who hear this be blessed by it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So before, we're still in uh, 1 Kings 11. Uh, Could you go ahead and give us a quick recap? We got up to verse, let's see here, 22. 22. Yes. So just give us a quick recap on what we covered in, in verse 1. And remember, people, if you missed... This is the first time coming into the podcast. You can just go ahead, go to truewisdom.buzzsprout.com or truewisdom.info, our own webpage, and you can get access to part one. Right, absolutely. So we're talking about, this is Solomon turns from the Lord. We're talking about Solomon's apostasy and why. And the first part of the chapter tells us that he loved strange women and he turned away from the Lord. And now we're going through what happened on account of him turning away, the calamity that it brought to the kingdom, and the fact that God promised that he was going to separate the kingdom from Solomon and his posterity, but he wasn't going to take it 100% away. 
even going to meet them with a little bit. So that, that's the, the early going. And right now, we're going to start to get into the history of the people who would become his adversaries. All right. Verse 23. And God stirred him up another adversary, Rezan, the son of Elidad, which fled from his lord, Hadadazar, king of Zobah. And he gathered men unto him and became captain over a band when David slew them of Zobah. And they went to Damascus and dwelt therein and reigned in Damascus. And he was an adversary to Israel all the days of Solomon, besides the mischief that Hadad did. And he abhorred Israel and reigned over Syria. And Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, an Ephrathite of Zereda, Solomon's servant, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow woman, even he lifted up his hand against the king. Okay, so now I want you to understand, the other two people were external adversaries. They were people of kingdoms that David had fought, and these were... These were um, folks that had a reason for revenge that they couldn't execute against David, but they could execute against his son, right? And so they went away to come back to avenge the loss of their, of their own father. But this guy used to work for Solomon, so this one is going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Let's see, verse 27. And this was the cause that he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built Milo and repaired the breaches of the city of David, his father. And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing the young man that he was industrious, he made him ruler over all the charge of the house of Joseph. And it came to pass at that time when Jeroboam went out of Israel, that the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, found him in the way. And he had clad himself with a new garment, and they too were alone in the field. Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem. Yes. Did I say Israel? How can I look at Jerusalem and say Israel? All right. Good, Good catch. Verse 30. And Ahijah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in 12 pieces. Yeah, I'm a bit curious as to how that happened. If I if I was a mighty man of valor and I'm walking out in a field, it's just the two of us, and you take my robe and start ripping it up, I don't think you're going to get to 12 pieces. You might get well, two. You might get three pieces out, but I don't think you're going to get to 12. Prophet of the Lord. Yeah, that's that's a trust. Yeah, Yeah, that's a trust that's not afforded to anyone these days. And verse well, it, hold on. It, the Bible doesn't. The Bible is silent on that, but it could either be respect because he knew and identified him, right. or it could be divine power protecting him. <laughs> it could be. It yeah. It could be. Lord said, "Hold on and hear what this man has to say." Yeah, you're right. Okay, verse thirty-one. And he said to Jeroboam, "Take the ten pieces." For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and will give ten tribes to thee. But he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake, 
and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Okay, so God is, is saying this a lot, this exact phrase. Well, we could have almost named this thing for David's sake. Mm-hmm. But um, for David's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of the tribe. I want us to be clear, this is an opportunity to point out something. A lot of times when we see for David's sake, we think it's because, well, David was so good, X, Y, and Z. But if you look at David's history, he had some, he had some downfalls. He had some issues. In fact, that's one of the most interesting things is if you compare his life as recorded with, with, Sam, with Saul's, you might be tempted to say, wait, how does Saul end up where Saul ends up? And David did some stuff that was at least as bad as what Saul did. Especially, the difference is, go, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 you go on. The difference was in his response to prompting by God. And, David yes. repented. Yeah, yeah. Which is, is a path that um, we need to take. Yes, we should strive for perfection, though we know that none of us are perfect. But it's the idea that if you stumble and fall, you can still get up and ask for repentance. It's not the end of things because you stumbled and fell. Um, as, as one of the things you pointed out in part one is that the smallest sin can keep you out, but it's the smallest mm-hmm. sin that remains unforgiven. Or the large sin that remains unforgiven. But if you get forgiveness any, any, for it, yeah. If you get exactly. for, forgiveness, will keep you out. Yeah. Anything will keep you out, large or small, and any failure to repent will keep you out. So it's really foolish if it's a small sin that you won't repent of. Genuine. Genuine repentance. Genuine repentance. Right? Yes. Well, we, we know we know the repentance of, of uh, Cain and Judas and, and Esau. If, if you're only repenting when you see what you're about to lose or losing, that your repentance is suspect, right? Um, the other point to be made, or the point that I was kind of making, Jerusalem's sake, when, when the Lord says, I will have one tribe for my servant David's sake and Jerusalem's sake, He's saying because of the promise I made to them, mm-hmm. the, pro- the promise I made about them, I will honor my promise. So even though you're messing up, because I made a promise to him about his son, because I made a promise to Jerusalem, I'm going to keep those intact So, so for, my, for my word's sake. But here, here's, I have a bit of a math issue. I thought there were 12 tribes. I thought there were 12. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the math here keeps showing 11 plus a city. Mm-hmm. So I thought, yeah, help me with this math here a second. Le- Levi has a different inheritance. That's right. That's right. But now, who did Levi end up staying with? Uh, who did the priests Levi end up staying stayed with? The, with the ten tribes or the two tribes? No, tribe? no. A lot of priests came back to Judah. A lot of priests came back to Judah, but technically the priests were always dispersed throughout the kingdom. Yeah, that's true. Yes. So they were in Israel and Judah. There were people that were descendants of the Levites in both places because the priests were split apart in order to be among the people. And, and remember, Israel, Jacob, had prophesied that because Simeon and Levi had done that wickedness against um Right. Shechem. Yeah. Against Shechem. 
that they would be spread apart apart in Israel. And the Lord, because Levi stood up in the matter of the golden calf, the Lord adjusted that prophecy into a blessing. They were still spread apart, but now it was for ministry mm-hmm. and not just as a punishment where they weren't going to get discreet piece of land like the others. Right. Right. Simeon, on the other hand, was was their tribe was entirely landlocked within Judah. It's really it's really interesting how that happened. Mm. Okay. All right. Verse thirty-five. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and will uh, give. Uh, is it there? Oh no no no! I'm I'm. You know, yeah. I went way too far. I caught okay. for David's sake, and, you know, it happens right. in so yeah. many places. It's going to show up multiple times. Right. <laughs> so 33. Yes. Uh-huh. Because that they have forsaken me and have worshipped Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, Zidonians and Chimos, Chimosh, the god of the Moabites, and Milcom, the god of the children of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right, in mine eyes, and to keep my statutes and my judgments, as did David his father. Howbeit, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him prince all the days of his life for David my servant's sake, whom I choose, or chose, because he kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand, and will give it unto thee, even ten tribes." And unto his son will I give one tribe, that David my servant may have a light away before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen me to put my name there. And I shall take thee, and thou shalt reign according to all that thy soul desireth, and shall be king over Israel. And it shall be, if thou wilt hearken unto all that I commanded thee, and wilt walk in my ways, and do that is and do that is right in my sight to keep my statutes and my commandments as David my servant did that I'll be with thee and build thee a sure house as I built for David and will give Israel unto thee. You see how everyone gets a condition, right? You see how in God's kingdom the blessings and the cursings are conditional. God is offering him. Think about it. God is saying to him, listen, you there. David, I promised David some stuff because David was on my team, clearly on my team. And I promised him that he would, that he would have a sure house. His son is messing it up. Okay. And on account of that, I'm going to take away some stuff from him. But because of David's faithfulness and his fidelity and my promise to him, I'm not taking everything away. I'm going to take away most of it, but I'm not taking everything, okay? I'm taking it away from him and giving it to you. And if you follow me, I will set you up with a sure house, just as I set David up. So it's interesting that after that command, after being part of the instrument of the, of the punishment for the guy who did not follow instructions, that Jeroboam went straight to not following instructions. Yeah, see, I mean, an easy question is, why doesn't God mm-hmm. just give it to someone who will just follow him? 
But the truth of that is you see throughout the Bible um, positions of power get, were given to everybody. Mm -hmm. It's just certain people, Daniel, Joseph, decided to use these positions of power properly. And other people, mm -hmm. Solomon, Jeroboam, Rehoboam, I mean, the list, the list is much longer on this side, don't. So we, we all have examples throughout the Bible. Um, but even Solomon, Solomon comes back. Right, so we we have multiple examples. We have yeah. four classes of people in the scripture, right? Men who who stayed on the Lord's side for the most part, and even there you could subdivide them with the people who did really dumb things and some others who didn't. But you have men who stayed with God; they were largely on the right side. You had folks who were who started good and fell off. You had folks who stuck bad and recovered. Mm -hmm. And you have folks that were bad, 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 and just stayed there. Rotten to the core. Rotten to the core. And unfortunately, Jeroboam is going to be one in this last camp. Yeah. And we've done, we, well, we did, we, we've done a couple of podcasts on him. We did a podcast yes. on Rehoboam. Yes. And we did one on Jeroboam himself. Um, but, you know, these things are to be revisited. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, wow, we did this two years ago. We can revisit this. Yeah. And if you have missed any of these podcasts, you can go to truewisdom.busbrot.com. All right. Visit them too. Yeah. <laughs> so to continue, uh, the soul desires in 37, hearken unto commands in 38. And 39, and I will for this afflict the seed of David, but not forever. Solomon sought, therefore, to kill Jeroboam, and Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt unto Shishak, king of Egypt, who wasn't a pharaoh? Interesting. And was in Egypt unto the death of Solomon. So The Bible doesn't always use the term pharaoh, except where it's part of their name. So they're called like Pharaoh Nico. Mm -hmm. They use mm -hmm. it there. But most of the time, in the time of Joshua, uh, Joshua, in the time of Joseph, in the beginning, it said the king of Egypt mm -hmm. throughout. It's as if the it's name was Egypt. Pharaoh, right? Right. Sometimes it would say Pharaoh, but for the most part, it would say the king of Egypt. So, so here's the, this is a complete aside. Throughout the Bible times, it seemed people mm -hmm. used to run to Egypt either for protection or food. Well, well, yes, but remember, Egypt was a powerhouse until, you know when they're going to stop being a powerhouse? In about, let's see, this is Solomon's time. In another 500 years, they're going to get crushed one time good by oh, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Yes, yes. And they never again never retain, retain yeah. power. Yeah. Yeah. I had almost. Right, but they were a powerhouse of the old world. They were a powerhouse at the time of Moses. They got crushed after the children of Israel left. Mm -hmm. but they recovered because no one else was really that strong in that area for a while. They recovered. They were still a powerhouse in the time here. Right? And, um, and then again, they, they got into wars with the Assyrians. They mm -hmm. got into wars with, with Babylon, and they get crushed by yeah, Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. And that's it. 
so this is the conclusion now, verse 41. And the rest of the acts of Solomon and all that he did and his wisdom, are they not written in the book of the acts of Solomon? And the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was 40 years. And Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, his father, and Rehoboam, his son, reigned in his stead. So Solomon was the only one who from day one reigned over all of Israel. Correct. That Correct. is interesting. He's the only king that reigned over all. Well, no, oh, um, I guess Saul, Saul did. Yes, I, I apologize. Saul yes, did. Saul did too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Saul did. David was it took in, a while. in conflict. Yeah. yeah, it took a while. So he started in Judah, and then seven years later, he has the, <laughs> the he has the whole thing. Yeah. And th- so for thirty three years, he reigns over it all, and then. Solomon reigned over it all for full 40 years. Yeah, I'd forgotten Solomon. Those first three guys reigned for 40 years each. Yep. Yeah, and it's surprising that Saul reigned that long, to be honest. Well, again, um, it's important to understand that even when you're in a place of problem, God gives you time. Grace. Because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The very definition of grace. Mm-hmm. Yes, exhibited very clearly in the Old Testament. Yeah. All right. All right. That's a very good lesson. Very good lesson. It, it covers so much. Um, yep. Listen, as we mentioned before, we have previous episodes available on truewisdom.buzzsprout.com. And as we go to prayer for this, uh, our prayer is that these mean something to you. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this lesson. We thank you for um, pointing out the multiple ways in which you've reached out to people and really the different criteria we have for either following you and ending up in good graces, even if we stumble in the middle, or really not following you and ended up in a very bad position. Um, we, we choose following you, and we pray that as we do these Bible studies, that it will help others and continue to help us as we listen back to them, that we will choose you daily. Amen. Amen. So this was part two. Um, If you wanted to go back and listen to part one, as we mentioned, there's info at truewisdom.com or truewisdom.buzzsprout.com. We are happy to hear from you. Any requests, any Bible studies, any verses, any chapters you want us to go over, you can email us at info at truewisdom.info or you can send us um, tweets (laughs) on... uh, True Wisdom, at True Wisdom underscore pod. As always, Andrew also has a special podcast that covers other topics as well as expounds upon some of the things we cover. And you can find his podcast at? At BibleStudy.ASBZone.com. The name of the podcast is Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. And uh, we're on all the same podcasting platforms. 
And so we, and we encourage you to come look at it. Sometimes we're able to do longer studies there. Um, we also do devotionals. We pray you will be blessed. <laughs> we do thank you for listening. And as Andrew said, we pray you will be blessed.